InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If you or a loved one are deciding what to do about a complex medical condition, a top doctor says you'd better get a second opinion. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're joined by Thomas Beckman, MD. He's a general internal medicine doctor at the Mayo Clinic and a co-author of the study. So you were studying the value of second opinions with some eye-opening results. Tell us what you were studying and what you found. Well, the background information is that patients with uncertain diagnoses are frequently referred for second opinions. So we thought that comparing referral diagnoses to final diagnoses might give an opportunity to determine how frequently final diagnoses might differ or change the direction of medical care. So to accomplish this, we did a retrospective study here at the Mayo Clinic on a sample of 286 patients who were referred by physician assistants, nurse practitioners, and physicians from primary care practices. And the patient's referral and final diagnoses were compared and classified into one of three categories. And what we found was that in 12% of cases, the referral diagnoses were the same as the final diagnoses. However, the final diagnoses were better defined in 66% of cases, and in 21% of cases, the final diagnoses were distinctly different from the referral diagnoses. Wow, those are impressive results. Now, these were not diagnoses of some rare tropical disease or something especially difficult to assess, right? That's correct, and that's a good point. In our study... Most of the diagnoses were in the musculoskeletal category. However, we found that although the sample was too small to compare across classes, the greatest differences occurred in the genitourinary, respiratory, and mental illness categories. I think many people assume that they can't even ask for a second opinion because their health insurance wouldn't cover it. Is that generally true, or what are the guidelines there? I think that patients can always ask for a second opinion, but you're right that insurance companies may not often pay for them to get a second opinion. So it's important for patients to first determine with their primary physicians and their insurance providers whether or not a second opinion would be covered by their insurance. I know this may be a little tough to answer, but what sorts of illnesses or diagnoses do you think would merit getting a second opinion? Would it be cancer? Would it be bypass surgery? What would meet the threshold of what deserves a second opinion? The categories of illnesses that would merit a second opinion probably fall into two. And the first category would be unusual or uncertain diagnoses or maybe better described as situations where the presentation is complex, where maybe the patient's symptoms and their laboratory or testing otherwise don't really support a clear diagnosis, at least as recognized by the patient's primary physician. So the first category would be categories of diagnostic uncertainty or complexity. And I think a second category that should reasonably be considered for second opinions would be those where the stakes are high. So you mentioned, for example, cancer diagnoses and treatment for that or surgery. And you can imagine that these are life-changing events for many patients to be treated for cancer or to undergo surgery. And so in those situations that aren't routine, I think a second diagnosis is also warranted. If someone's health insurance won't pay for a second opinion, do you think it's worthwhile in some cases to bite the bullet and pay for it out of pocket? Well, I think it depends on how much a patient would have to pay and what they can afford because it could cause quite amount of distress for a patient to be handed a large medical bill for a second opinion that maybe they didn't need 
or that maybe wasn't worth the cost of the patient. And so perhaps one way around that would be to seek advice at a tertiary medical center or academic medical center and during the process of being evaluated, mention the fact that cost might be an issue. And what I sometimes do for my patients is we're able to provide an estimate of the cost of their evaluation before they undergo that evaluation so that we can be sure we don't get into that uncomfortable situation. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Thomas Beckman. He's a general internal medicine doctor at the Mayo Clinic and a co-author of a study that found that 88% of second opinions don't agree with the first diagnosis. When someone goes into a second doctor's office, I would assume that it's not wise to blurt out what the first doctor told them. Is that correct? Well, that might seem to be the case. I guess what you're alluding to is that if you blurt out the diagnosis of the original doctor, then you might be biasing the second doctor towards an opinion. But I think in most situations that probably wouldn't be the case. I think we're pretty good at being independent in our decision-making, both the referring doctor and the person providing the consultation. And in fact, we might often ask for the opposite. We might really be trying to figure out what the other doctor was thinking of wanting to see the tests that he or she obtained and really wanting to know what he or she was thinking so that we can be more efficient in our approach to the current patient's problem. Do you have any other advice for people who are considering getting a second opinion of what sort of doctor they should seek or anything else that they should do? Well, first, I'd just reemphasize that you covered an important question, and that is, what categories of diseases would warrant a second opinion? And to recap, those were complex diseases, and diseases for which the treatments might be high stakes. But I think other things for physicians and patients to consider are first referring physicians might consider how uncomfortable they are with the presenting illness and if it seems to be something that they don't have much experience with or it seems very complex then that might be a reason for referral. And then from the patient end I think things for them to consider is how comfortable are they with the interaction in terms of the communication you know, how clear is the referring physician's impression in their mind? Because if it's not clear or the communication isn't straightforward, that might be a reason to seek another opinion. So basically, patients should follow their intuition in that matter. If there were one lesson that your average health consumer could learn from your study, what would that be? I think the average lesson would be trust your instincts. If you're not understanding or comfortable with what you're hearing, then that might be a point to seek a second opinion. And if you're facing a major healthcare decision, as you mentioned, like surgery, for example, or chemotherapy, that might be another reason to seek an opinion. Dr. Thomas Beckman from Mayo Clinic, thank you very much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thanks a lot for your attention. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.